lives into where we stand before you, that we might know clearly whether we are your people, whether we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, or whether um, we might just be fooling ourselves and imagining that we're your people when we're not. God, we ask that you'd give us clarity on that today. Um, And Lord, we, we just pray for this week that wherever we might stand at this point in the week, um, that you would call each and every one of us into your kingdom, that we would be people that would stand before you and you would accept us as your own. Lord, we ask that this would be a really important morning for many of us as we see clearly that we belong to you or do not. Uh, Lord, please do that work in us. Amen. So this passage gives us eight features of the citizen of the kingdom. Um, eight things to be checked off, which together describe the citizen. And you'll notice that each of them comes with this promise, so it says they will be. Um, and we're going to look at that at the end. But first, I want to consider that just that first bit, that the things that describe the citizen of the heaven. So the, the first defining feature, the first description is in verse 3. Have a look there. Verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The blessed one that one accepted into the, into the kingdom is poor in spirit. Now, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, it's to kind of have a, a deep sense of your poverty before God, that there's, there's nothing you can bring him, nothing that you can offer him. It, it's the tax collector, if you know that story, who cries out, have mercy on me, a sinner. I don't know if you remember, but there was the Pharisee who's done all of these good things and and, and seems to imagine that he'll be accepted based on what he's done. But it's the tax collector who who sees his sin, who who gets it, who gets that he has nothing to bring God and so relies completely on the mercy of God. It's Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. This is a really important chapter that's worth looking at if you haven't seen it. But in in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah the prophet gets confronted by the glory of God. He sees God enthroned in heaven. And his response in that moment is to fall down and to cry out, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the holy God. And, and it's you, if you're someone who, who sat through the talk last night and saw clearly your sin, you saw clearly how it's seeped into every part of you that you aren't deserving of God and you, you realize that you have no hope before God on your own. That's the, the first key description of the citizen of, king, of the kingdom. They are poor in spirit. Second, the citizens of the kingdom mourn. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. The citizens of the, the kingdom, they mourn. Now, I don't think this just means a sad person. I've been watching the show um, Wednesday on Netflix, which is just a great show, very entertaining. But the main character, Wednesday Adams, she's kind of got this really sad philosophy on life. She's mourning all the time. I've got a quote. She says, I see the world as a place that must be endured. She's not a happy person, but I don't think that's what Jesus is referring to here. I think that the kind of mourning this verse is speaking to is this. It's the mourning of those who know the world is not as it should be. They see wars, poverty, viruses, broken relationships, cancer. They see pain. They see that things are not as they should be. 
The, the, the citizen of the kingdom sees those things and they, they mourn. They don't shrug those things off. They don't dismiss them as just the way things have always been because they know things are not as they should be. That God actually did make things right. He actually um, made things perfect, but that our sin, like a stone into a windscreen, kind of shattered the whole world, all of God's good creation, so that there are these things. This world that God's created so good has fallen. The citizen of the kingdom sees that, sees the fallenness of this world, and mourns. Is that you? Third, they're meek. Say the next verse. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, meek is a funny word. We don't actually use it much, if at all, these days. It, it sounds kind of like the word weak, and it can actually look similar in practice to the word, like to the idea of weakness, but there's important difference. So the difference between weakness on one hand and meekness is the difference between me boxing Jake Paul and Nora. So that's my little baby, Nora. So weakness is if I got in a ring with Jake Paul, who's like 15, 20 kilos heavier than me. Um, he knows how to box, which is not a good sign for me. I would, if I go in the ring with him, I'd clearly be shown to be weak, right? There's nothing I'd do. But if I go into the ring with Nora, who's just hit 10 kilograms, yay her, she's about two foot tall, bit of a midget, um, you'd expect me to win, right? If I go into the ring with Nora, but I wouldn't because I couldn't beat up a one-year-old. I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't beat up a one-year-old. Why would I do that? That's right. Well, that's, that's meekness, is that moment. It, it's, it's not getting your way, even when you could, even when you could for the sake of others. It's Jesus, right, who, who could have easily have stopped people killing him. He could have called down legions of angels and said, no, that's enough, I'm not going through with that. But instead he allows these small little people to put a crown of thorns on his head, nails through his hands, out of love for us to save us. That's, that's meekness. And it's us when we put ourselves kind of out there so that others might hear about Jesus. We, we put ourselves in awkward situations so that they can hear the good news of Jesus. When we don't react to insults or pay back people like we could, or even when we willingly go to the back of the line for food, little things like that, that's meekness. The citizen of the kingdom is meek. Fourth, they hunger and they thirst for righteousness. See that in the next verse? Read along there, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. <laughs> I'm so glad that came. I was sitting there going, oh, it's going to come. Yeah. I only do one sneeze as well, so we're, we're in the clear. The citizen of the kingdom is someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. See, they, they hear what we heard yesterday, and they, they don't want to continue rebelling against God. They don't want to continue breaking his law. They, they actually want to obey him. They long to honor him. They want to be righteous. So some would say that this is the most telling test. Are you someone who longs to honor God more? Who hates their sin and wishes for righteousness? 
And not just because of the damage it does to other people, although you see that and that, that's a piece, but because of the damage it does to God, the good God who created you, who loves you. Do you see your sin and wish that it was no more? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Fifth, the citizen of the kingdom is merciful. You see that again in the next verse, Matthew 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That the citizen of the kingdom is merciful. Have you heard that saying, um, hurt people hurt people? Hurt people. There's a deep truth to that, right? People that get hurt tend to be those that um, go on to hurt others. Those that are mistreated tend to go on to mistreat others. But the reverse is true as well. So those that have been loved well tend to love others. People that have been shown mercy show mercy. God has shown us great mercy by bringing us into his kingdom. People who aren't perfect, but people who are poor in spirit, he acts mercifully to us, and those that know mercy will show mercy. I watch a lot of Mr. Beast, maybe too much Mr. Beast. Um, I might go to the seminar later. Um, in Mr. Beast, they win hundreds of thousands of dollars doing very little. Often, often he just hands out money. And, and so often the thing that people do when they receive this money is they share how they're going to do good with it, how they're going to give their money away, how they're going to show kindness to their mum by buying her a car. We are those who have been shown great kindness, greater kindness by God. And so the, those who have been shown such mercy will be people that show mercy to others. And so are you someone who shows mercy? Are you able to overlook other people's sins against you? Because you're so conscious of a God who has overlooked your sin against, your sin against him. Or are you someone who finds yourself holding on to grudges, not letting things go? Because king, citizens of the kingdom, they show mercy. Now, they don't do that perfectly. So you hear me saying that. They don't do that perfectly because very clearly citizens of the kingdom aren't perfect, hence why they're poor in spirit. If they're if they perfect, they wouldn't have to be poor in spirit. So we don't do these things perfect, none of these things perfectly. But they long to show mercy, like our God has shown mercy to us. Is that you? Six, the citizen of the kingdom is pure in heart. Next verse, I think we're up to verse eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. See, religious people know how to kind of make this show of purity. They know how to show off the good things they've done. But Jesus isn't talking about outward purity, that kind of image we try to put out to the world. He's talking about inward purity, a pure heart. A heart that, that wants to know God, to love Him. Now again, it's not perfect because we wouldn't be poor in spirit. But there's this real longing toward God. Do you have that? A heart that craves to know Him, to love Him, to love others. Because the citizen of the kingdom is pure in heart. Seventh, they're peacemakers. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Citizens of the kingdom are peacemakers. They, they make peace. I think this is talking about in two ways, between um, people and God, as they go and witness to the gospel in both the lives they live and, and the words they say. They, they see people brought back to God. That's something that they do. And peace between people. 
It's the second way. As they show mercy, as they overlook things, as they work to bring people back together, the citizen of the kingdom is a peacemaker. Would that, yeah, does that describe you? Is that, is that you? The final thing, citizens of the kingdom are persecuted. See that in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The final sign Jesus gives of someone who belongs to the kingdom, who is, who is accepted by God, is that they're persecuted, that they're insulted, that they're excluded, that they're attacked, alienated because of the life they're living. And so, yeah, do people mock you because you won't drink underage? Do, do people talk behind your back because you're someone who isn't willing to sleep around or go far in those ways? Um, do people sometimes call you out because you won't swear or, or join in on crude jokes or make fun of people like that? A citizen of the kingdom is persecuted because of righteousness. Is that you? As, as you look at that list, the one who is poor in spirit, mourns, meek, hungers for righteousness, is merciful, pure in heart, is a peacemaker, is persecuted. Does that sound like you? Now, before we land that, I just want you to notice two things in that whole list. The, the first one is citizens of the kingdom, as you look at that, have a hard life. They're persecuted. They're the, the people that give up things now. There's those that mourn over the state of the world and their soul. I just want you to notice that that is really different to how a lot of people would talk about the Christian life. See, we want to say that if you trust in Jesus, your life will be amazing. You'll be a conqueror. You'll be prosperous and successful. You'll be happy. And there is, there is no doubt that some of that is true. But that picture of a prosperous, successful, easy life just does not fit what Jesus says in these verses. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who make, who go without for others. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. That is a different life to what many people who, who say they are Christians have ever known. But that is the blessed life. That is the life of the citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It's a hard life. It's actually so hard that, that Paul says this crazy thing. You probably heard this. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says, If only for this life we have hope for Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, if this life's all we've got, we of all people are most to be pitied. If this life is it, the blessed life sucks. But brothers and sisters, just as it's a hard life, it is a hope-filled life. It's a life filled with hope. You see how each of those verses, we won't have this glorious second half. And I just want to run through this really quickly, if you can stay with me. The verse 4, blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. If you're a citizen, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, one day you will be comforted. God will wipe away every tear. There will be no more crying or mourning or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. Verse 5, Bless the meek for they will inherit the earth. 
See, we know that even as we go without now, even as we lay down our, our rights for others now, we look forward to a day not playing harps in the clouds, but on this rock-solid earth recreated as God comes to dwell with his people. We look forward to that day when we'll inherit the earth. We know verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We long for more. Do you feel that? Like that angst and pain when you hurt someone that you love, when you sin against your good God again? One day, friends, we won't ever sin again. We'll be made perfect. And all that is wrong and all that is broken in you will be made right. Verse 7, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That we look forward to a day when God will look at us, he will see us, and he will accept us. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. And verse 8, blessed are those who are pure in heart, we will see God. We will see the one who made everything, who created all things, who sustains all things, who is more glorious than anything you can see in all of creation because he created all of creation. And we know verse 8, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Not only will we see God, but he will call us son and daughter. We'll be welcomed in by him as children. The citizen of the kingdom has this hope. It's a hope-filled life. Do you have this hope? Are you a citizen of the kingdom? Are you poor in spirit? Do you mourn? Are you meek? Do you hunger for righteousness? Are you merciful? A peacemaker? Persecuted? Because if that's you, these verses are your future. And that future shapes everything. And that, that's what we're going to consider with the rest of our week together. How does that glorious future totally shape our lives now? But I'm aware that there'll be those that have listened to this and you're now not sure where you stand. Well, can I encourage you that, look, I can't give you the answer of where you stand. Um, in fact, no one can really give you the answer of where you stand with these things. But can I encourage you to do two things? To, actually, to chat to someone... You can chat to me, you can chat to a leader, chat to a friend, and get their thoughts on, on what might be going on for you. Maybe raise your concerns and, and what you think might be going on for you and get their thoughts. Here's the other thing that I think would be really powerful and, and really worth doing with your time, is taking time yourself to prayerfully consider where you stand before God. To just find some time on your own to pray and to ask God to, to show you whether you are his, peop- his person or not. And if you're still unsure, as you chat to people, as you think through things yourself, the really simple thing is, this week is is the time where you can see what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom, and you actually have the opportunity to decide afresh. You might not have been sure what you are today or yesterday, but at the end of this week, you can make the decision to come to Jesus, to join his kingdom. So do that. Think through that. And if you know you aren't a citizen in the kingdom, maybe you're here and you're like, what is going on? What are, what are we talking about? This, this future hope, uh, how can I be sure of that kind of stuff? Um, why would I want to live this hard life since I don't know what's coming? Two thoughts for you. 
chat to a leader. They're actually here for you. They've been praying for you. They're, they're keen to work through your doubts and your questions. And so if you have doubts, this goes for anyone. If you have doubts and questions, please chat to a leader. The second thing is there's the evidence seminar today. And that's a great opportunity for all of us, but particularly for you if you're still trying to work this stuff out, to work out whether there is a kingdom to come. Because if Jesus was raised to life, he is trustworthy. And he shows that this life is not it, but there is a life to come. So he can say that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so if you're still working this out, if you've got questions, get along to that. That would be really worthwhile. But keep asking questions. I'm really excited this week to spend our time considering what it looks like to live as citizens in the kingdom. I'm, I'm praying that our lives would be radically transformed by Jesus and the glory of what he offers us. And so let's just pray that that would happen for all of us this week. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you did not leave us in the dark, but that you came and you showed us the way to life, to life eternal. God, we ask that we would be people that live in light of the eternity to come, that we would see with clarity that there is a world, there is a kingdom of which you are the king, to which we belong if we trust in you, if we are those that are poor in spirit, those that mourn, those that hunger for righteousness, those that are pure in heart, those that are peacemakers, those that are persecuted. If we are those people, we belong to you and we have a sure hope where you will make all things right. Lord, we give you great thanks for that truth, for that hope, for that glory. And we ask that our lives would more and more ring with the truth of that glory and that hope, that our lives would be gloriously different. And God, I particularly pray for those amongst us who are unsure or uncertain, that this would be a week that you make abundantly clear to them that you are a God who is real and who is good and who is worth following, even as it means a hard life because it is a life filled with hope and a life that ends in glory. Please do that work in us by your spirit, by the power of your word as we gather with one another, um, as we sit under it, as we sing. Please do that powerful work for your glory. Amen. All right. Um, hey, Steve, can we go back two slots? Yeah. Um, so something really helpful about thinking about, are you a citizen um, of the kingdom of heaven? Do these things listed here describe you? Um, or maybe you're new um, and for the first time seeing this and questioning, is this really the blessed life? And why would it be? And so what I'd like to do now, just spend a minute or two um, having a look at that list, maybe pick one or two things and think about, does this describe me? Any of those things? Um, and maybe then spend a minute praying to God that he would reveal that this to be truly blessed or that he reveal why it's blessed for you to live this way if one of those things are challenging. And if you're new, I'll have a look through that list, maybe have a look at the passage again. And just question, um, is it truly worth living this way if this is real? And have a think about that. I'll just give you two minutes and then I'll get back up. 